For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It is another Wednesday night, so you know what that means. You're logged on Wrestling Inc. across all the social platforms around the world, and it is time for our post-AEW Dynamite podcast on Wrestling Inc. with myself, former WWE referee for over 20 years, Jimmy Corderas, and Issa, the NYC Demon Diva. Ladies and gentlemen, how are we doing on this summer Wednesday night? Jimmy, a lot of blood and guts. A lot of blood and guts tonight. Wow. We are going to talk about that as well. And uh, get ready. Some people might be interested in some of the uh, constructive critique. You always bring it. Isa, how yeah. are you feeling tonight? I'm doing good. I thought it was a fun episode. But like Jimmy, I have, I have some positives and I have some things that I wish would have gone a little bit differently. But we'll get into it. That's what this is all about. We're, we're, we have the luxury of being the Monday morning bookers uh, or, or the Wednesday late night bookers, I guess is what it is. Monday morning quarterback. You get you the go. gist. Uh, well, so we'll talk the good, the bad, uh, what we agree, what we don't agree with. Uh, and, and coming off of a um, those who watch it would say a very successful pay-per-view in the Forbidden Door with AEW. Would that make a would that be a factor tonight? We'll talk about that the fact that it was or maybe the lack thereof of it being a factor. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll talk all about that. Um, of course, we encourage all of the uh, live chat comments. I already seen one come through. Uh, we will definitely, you know, highlight those and talk about your comments as they mm-hmm. as they fit as we go along in the show. But let's first talk about some news headlines. Wrestling, of course, 24-7 has the news uh, coming out. Let's talk about a new signing that WWE has made. Uh, and it looks like we have another MMA crossover here, a top Bellator star. Uh, and one and, and a female at that, uh, Valerie Master Loretta. Uh, I might be saying that wrong. Sorry, I'm not. I'm not familiar with it, but she has signed with WWE. Um, it was reported by ESPN. She's 23 years old, an MMA fighter, four and one record, and she's set to report to the WWE Performance Center on July 19th. Um, the report says initially reluctant, but was talked into attending this year's WrestleMania by her agent, and immediately latched on to the elaborate spectacle comparing to the Super Bowl. I'm sure Vince loved that. Mm-hmm. Um, she said she got the same goosebumps from seeing from from seeing WWE for the first time as she did the first time she saw MMA. So, uh, Issa, Jimmy, do either of you know? I, I I've never seen her fight. Don't even really know her name. Um, but she must have something, athleticism, charisma, and more for WWE to uh, and her agent to be pursuing her to to do this crossover. Uh, Jimmy, uh, any any, any <clears throat> familiarity? No, and and the thing is, and I looked it up. She, like you said, she's got a four and one record, so she's not like entrenched and been there for a while. She's only twenty three years old, so somebody saw something in her that they liked, 
And obviously she sounds like she is passionate. She sounds like she's very interested. She seems to have gravitated towards wrestling and the spectacle that it is. And, you know, obviously the MMA world, you don't get the character gets over as well, but at the same time, you got to be able to, you know, deliver in that, uh, in that caged environment. And, I, again, I, I'm not familiar with her, but I just, you know, we already have a Ronda Rousey who's 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 being showcased, but we also have a Shayna Baszler who who is not. And I don't think I think they kind of missing the boat a little bit with her. Hopefully, she doesn't become another Shayna Baszler, and and we'll we'll see what happens. I guess. Mm-hmm. Issa, do you know her at all? Uh, I, I I'm not, but I did some research today. Obviously, seeing the news, the first Cuban American American woman to sign with WWE, awesome for the um, Hispanic community. I'm always gonna support that. Um, to Jimmy's point, I, I thought that Shayna Baszler was incredible in NXT. One of my favorite NXT women's champion of all time. They just completely missed the ball with, with her call-up and, you know, what she's gone on to do in the main roster. But in NXT, I thought she looked great. Um, she has uh, she has the looks. She obviously has the training. It's just a matter of, you know, tweaking it a little bit. And I can't wait to see what she does. Yeah, so uh, maybe you know, maybe one of the things that they like, uh, or that they, they they knew about her, and are, is getting proven is a work ethic. Because the the report and the story goes on here that you can read about on Wrestling Inc. saying that she had a tryout with WWE in April and early May, and according to ESPN, she called her manager crying, saying she didn't want to leave, saying I just want to get better, not wanting to miss out on any training. So, um, uh, bitten by the bug, uh, it, it would seem so. Uh, yeah, yeah. What's the old saying? The wrestling bug will get you if you don't watch out. <laughs> and well, it, you know, no. It, trust me, when it bites, it, it, you're you're hooked. Oh, absolutely. I can. I mean, you know, I I I can relate to that as well. It's it's just something you know. Just a, the first time you can uh, do something, hear a crowd react is is a is a mm-hmm. is a, is a, is a, is a it's a hell of a drug, yeah. uh, as they would say. So we'll see. I mean, you know, WWE has quite the revolving door of talent. I mean, it's pretty much every ninety days they're 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 making what we call mass layoffs uh, and cycling, you know, new talent into the performance center and funneling through the system. So um, this will be interesting to see what her timeline is. You know, you know when we see her on NXT TV, which NXT TV since this two point um, you know, guys and girls are getting on TV pretty quickly, uh, at least compared to you know, prior timelines when it was the, the old black and gold brand. So uh, from from the moment they set up the performance center and then getting worked into TV. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, somebody who has not been on TV too much and won't be on much and won't be on AEW TV uh, anymore uh, is a member of the Dark Order starting uh, July 1st. Uh, they uh, their contract is uh, looks like it is going to naturally run out. And that is Alan Five Angels, uh, who has now confirmed to Fightful that his contract does expire. Uh, later this week so uh, this really got people kind of in an uproar uh, so much to where i saw brody lee was trending and just people talking about um seeing somebody from the dark order just not being retained by aew um you know Issa, look we, we obviously the, the aew's roster continues to grow and it's yes it's aew plus ring of honors roster now but it continues to grow and you know you can't have everybody um and good on tony khan for at least letting contracts naturally run out and letting people get paid through the full term that they think they should be getting paid rather than just you know cutting them arbitrarily whenever you feel uh but did did, did alan five angels getting uh getting let go does this strike a nerve with you 
Not necessarily. I mean, I have a I have a soft spot in my heart for the Dark Order, but it was mostly because of the stuff they were doing on BTE. And when Brody was a part of the Dark Order, he just really managed to to make them something special, which I don't think they were before Brody Lee. And it was also it was also weird seeing them after Brody Lee. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's sentimental. It gets you in the feels, but it never really went anywhere you know after after Brody Lee so you know we'll see what he does I I feel like Tony Connell it can also give him the opportunity WWE has done and go out get better and make them bring you back you know mm-hmm. hopefully that's what he can do but like you said they're, they're able to you know keep getting paid until their contract is up instead of getting released at the end of the day it's, it's kind of <laughs> it's, it's a similar concept than getting released and getting paid for 90 days after <laughs> you know it all it all depends but um yeah I just it's a little sad, but I feel like we're all emotionally connected to the Dark Order just because of the Brody Lee mm-hmm. um, involvement with them and, and seeing them fall apart is just a more of a reality that Brody Lee is no longer with us. Yeah, Jimmy, this is just business, right, Jimmy? That, that, that's what it is, and it's the unfortunate part of business. And I know people get you know hung up on all sorts of things like during this pandemic time and all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, when you're running a business, you have to think about the business as well. And unfortunately, in business... Some people benefit and some people will not. And uh, apparently this was his choice. Uh, from my understanding, if I'm not correct, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Justin. He was offered a per appearance deal uh, if he wanted to to appear with AEW still, but uh, he declined that and he's moving on and he's, he's, he's going to... Uh, uh, I, I have a feeling he's go- he will be back someday after he, like you said, goes out and, you know, creates a buzz for himself well and quite frankly you know if that's the case i don't blame him really i mean because if you get offered the per appearance you know now all of a sudden you have this thing of like you know now, now it distracts you from going out and just you know making your name somewhere else and right and, and working and doing the campaign to, to get rehired later or, or, or doing the campaign to get WWE to see you or or whatever you know wherever he wants to go next but you know doing the per appearance thing you know uh, yeah, I mean, I could see, especially if, especially I don't know, but if the per appearance uh, affects anything from his other bookings, um, so you know, we'll see. But but I agree, and I think it goes back to what Issa said. I think, and this is never going to change uh, for as long as the Dark Order is still a thing in AEW, yeah. because you know, Mister Brody Lee was the leader of it, and because of course he had the, the tragic, you know, gone way too too early death. It's forever. You know, anytime a Dark Order person does leave. I think there's going to be a weird emotional kind of spite from some fans of like, this is disrespect when it's like, no, it has nothing to do with the late Mr. Brody Lee. It's, you know, it is what it is. So, right. Uh, you can read more about that on wrestling Inc. And finally, this story is very interesting. Uh, I, I think, even though it may have just, I don't want to say go, went under the radar, but uh, the undertaker. Uh, so the undertaker did a uh, interview with sports illustrated. Of course, I think the primary goal was to promote the, the uh, one man, the one dead man show he's going to be doing mm-hmm. in Nashville for SummerSlam, which that's that's interesting. Um, but in the interview, uh, he's asked about you know Stephanie McMahon, who of course right now is the interim CEO uh, amid the uh, investigation and allegations surrounding Vince, her father. And uh, Taker had this to say: He said Stephanie is incredible, and she's going to show that in this new role. She is level-headed. She sees the whole picture. Her steady, calm hand is exactly what is needed. There's not a selfish bone in her body, but she's all about business. She's the right person for the job. I have 100% confidence about what Stephanie McMahon will do for the company. Uh, Friends, WWE needs to take this quote 
and plaster it on Times Square. Because right now, I think at a time when they need some positive PR, who better than to have the most one of the most respected guys in the business come out and say this about this early 40-something Stephanie McMahon who is now in the in the CEO spot, whether it is just figure whether it's just a figurehead spot or whether she is going to absorb real power to push some real buttons. I think this is a powerful endorsement. I don't think there's anybody greater who can endorse him uh, or endorse her, excuse me, than the undertaker. No, absolutely agree because, uh, and, and I'm not saying this because I'm an undertaker guy, but undertaker was the locker room leader for a a reason. He didn't choose to be, he was chosen by the locker room to be their leader. And he is the, most respected voice in that locker room. And he doesn't need to go out there and placate and say, say that just to, 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 to pump the tires. The one thing that the undertaker does even in public is he speaks the truth. He is very honest and this is his honest opinion. And, and I couldn't agree with him more being around her and watching Stephanie grow from a, from a young lady to, to, you know, getting involved in the office and learning, look, learning from Vince, learning from, from, from uh, Hunter, learning from all the best minds. She was a sponge and she took it all in and she took all the business side in as well. Um, I know a lot of people thought that Shane would be the one to, to kind of take over for Vince, but <clears throat> yeah, uh, no, Shane is a little too uh, too vibrant. <laughs> but but Stephanie, like, like, like Taker said, very level-headed, knows the business very well. And uh, I think that this is the right role for her. Issa, female power. Yeah, of course. I was happy to hear the news. And on top of Undertaker's words, there was a lot of reports out there that a lot of people are happy that she's the one, you know, in charge mm-hmm. right now. Stephanie has been part of this company since she was, what, 15 years old, modeling for the catalogs. Like, she's learning from the best there is. He created the company, and that's who she's learned from. I think I, I think it's excellent to hear the word share woman, and I hope it's not a temporary thing, if you want me to be honest. I hope she gets to stay there in this position. I, I agree, Sam. I, I don't I really don't see I don't see a situation that she probably doesn't get removed. I, I mean, I like I think that this is probably, you know, eventually the interim tag will get dropped. Now, it's interesting. She's the CEO. Vince still is there he still has the final say of creative you know how long does that last who knows the way the news cycle goes uh it's hard to predict how things are changing but i don't see a situation where she gets removed from that ceo spot um unless she voluntarily removes again because of she's not liking a political landscape or family or something mm-hmm. but i i think as long as she wants to be there i think she's there because i think the moment that you remove her and if you moved Vince back into it or anybody else over, I think now you cast a lot of public doubt on Stephanie. And, and so I think, I think she fits. And, 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 and Jimmy, to your point, I, I think for those who kind of know the dynamics, you know, Shane probably wasn't the one that was ever going to, I think it, it was always kind of viewed as, as a succession plan, you know, even though Vince is a robot and was never going to die, but, but, but speaking realistically, I think the succession plan was always thought to be mm-hmm. Stephanie is the McMahon that, that takes over the boardroom and her husband's the, the man who takes over the creative pen. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I, you know, I don't, I, 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 I obviously, Jimmy, you were around her for 20 plus years. You know, I've had a little bit of interaction with her, never as a, in a, in a, a ball standpoint, but I can yeah. say this when I've watched her both with other people with my own eyes and with me, she is one of those people where when she is talking to you, you feel like you are the only person in the room. And I think that's a powerful, uh, trait to have in leadership, uh, yeah. to be able to do that. 
Absolutely. And and the one thing too that that about Stephanie is she wasn't afraid to ask questions. You know what I mean? When I talk, said earlier about being a sponge, not only do you sit back and absorb what's coming in, she wasn't afraid to go out and say, hey, you know, why are we doing it this way? Why is this being done this way? She she spoke up. She wanted to learn. Well, that's a good thing. Well, if you want to learn men, boys, learn about Manscaped. Summer is here. The sun is shining. Shirts are off. Balls are smooth. You heard that right. Your friends at Manscaped are here to make your beach balls as smooth as Floridian's hand. In summer, you'll want to kill some cold beers. Hell yeah. Barbecues, not kill the vibe with pubes peeking out of your swim trunks. That's why Manscaped has their performance package 4.0 to keep the party in your pants looking crisp and refreshing all summer long. Hit the kid rock. Dive headfirst into summer by joining the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for that hot summer going uh, that hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com and using the code and that code is winc20 it's gonna where mm. code's gonna get you uh, uh free shipping and you're also gonna save 20 percent using the code winc20 manscaped performance package 4.0 i mean look i've had the situation i put on a few swim trunks uh, in the last two weeks between the pool between turning the sprinkler on for the kids and i mean look you know it's I don't live behind a gated fence. I got people driving by, and I don't need people driving by going, oh, there's Labar, the wrestling guy, looking like a Sasquatch. No, I got to be in tip-top Labar money shape. And Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 is helping make that a reality. Reality check. It has everything you need to prepare that summer bod. Inside the package, you'll find the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, performance boxer briefs and a travel bag to hold all the goodies the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce the grooming accidents no blood and guts here thanks to the advanced skin safe technology that lawnmower 4.0 has 7,000 rpm motor listen to that baby purr led spotlight so you can see everything you got to see if you're in the shower because it is waterproof want to mention that so perfectly uh perfect application there once you're downstairs weeds are taken care of look at the rest of the Manscapes liquid formulations. Uh, they got, again, the ball deodorant. They got the new aloe vera formula. They got the, sh- the shampoo. It's all good. Uh, and, again, the boxers, very comfortable. Love them as well. The travel bag. It is my shaving kit travel bag that I take everywhere with me, home or away into the hotels. Uh, and if you want to take grooming game even further, take a look at Manscaped Shears 2.0, a package that everything you need to look pristine with nail cutters, tweezers, grooming scissors. That can come in real good shape if you're mm-hmm. – want to focus in that area so everything head to toe to balls to feet everything is covered with manscaped and again we're giving you free shipping and saving you 20 percent on your overall purchase by using the code winc20 isa you're the girl here on the panel <laughs> tell the fellas get get, get get some manscaped action going on yes please shave your balls please <laughs> we're begging you Lamar, what kind yeah. of swimming trunks are you wearing out in your yard that people can tell if you're using Manscaped or not? Yeah. I, I, or maybe they're they're kind of like the old school wrestling trunks. They really, yeah. uh, I, don't I don't know. But maybe 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 we need to get this out there to Miz. I don't know his situation currently, but maybe Miz is, is you know, he 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 claims that he has uh, ginormous tiny balls. Yeah, he claims but, it. Uh, either, either way, tiny or not, uh, he could everybody can use Manscaped. <laughs> yes manscape.com again winc20 you the code we thank them very very much 
for all of their support of this podcast. <laughs> Ethan shave Cruz, shave your balls. Manscaped should hire Justin and Jack if they ever decide to leave. <laughs> we're, we're staying. We're staying. Rocky, shave, shave, shave. There you go. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ethan, referees use Manscaped. Need to feel more free down there to their movement. Uh, yeah, uh, as someone who has had their pants split uh, during a match, definitely you need to be. Uh, well, tell us that you, oh, you can't just gloss past that. Tell us that story. Yeah, no, please, it was me. it was one of the first times, and this is when I didn't realize, you know, that under your black pants you should wear black either underwear or tights or whatever you wear. So I had these light blue, uh, for lack of a better term, un, uh, undergarment on, and uh, it was a match. Here you go. It was a match between Cactus Jack and Frenchie Martin in Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto. I went down for to count for a false finish and I heard it go. And it was like, oh, now what do I do? And then I'm thinking to myself, and then I'm not realizing, you, you're not thinking, I just said, oh, my pants are split. And I, Frenchie goes, Jimmy, you're, you're wearing light blue trunks underneath. And I went, <laughs> oh my goodness. He said, and when I got to the back one of the referee said to me, you know what? You should wear black underneath. So in case it does happen, maybe it won't be as noticeable. Well, so, were you wearing the blue shirt when this happened? Because at least yeah. your trunks would have matched your shirt. No, it was, it was brighter oh. than the shirt even. So <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like you, like I said, you, you learn from your mistakes and uh, this was the blue shirt, black bow tie, and apparently don't wear black trunks under your black pants. Wait, and this was a this was a WWF match. Yes, it was. It, Wait, when it, you say cactus, was Mick working as as Mick Foley as enhancement talent, or was he working as cactus? Oh Jack? no, no, sorry, Outback Jack. My 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 bad. I'm sitting here. I'm yeah, like, sorry. I'm, See, I'm, something... I'm half focused on your underwear problem, and then the other right. part of me is going, "Well, wait a minute." Mick was cactus in like thank you ninety eight. Yes. I'm like in Frenchie Martin. <laughs> Right. No. Oh, I thought I thought you were trying to dig so you could go find the match and clip Jimmy's pants getting ripped. No, it, you <laughs> well, know I mean, that would be a good idea it. too. But the but the the historian of me was trying to figure out the the, the factual yeah, accuracy but... of Jimmy's underwear story. Yeah. The the other Jack from from Australia, Outback Jack. My my apologies. All right. I was getting ready. I was like I was like I, I didn't because I know some people call. Mick, you know, some people in the business call Mick Cactus if they knew him as that, mm-hmm. or they call him Jack. Yeah. So I was like, maybe that's just what you call Mick. And I was like, and I knew that Mick Foley or or mm-hmm. or. Was he Mick? Fo- I knew that he worked some enhancement matches as himself, right? Bef- you know, so I way even before his WCW days. So I thought maybe that's what you were referencing, and I was all yeah. confused in the timeline. My my apologies, my apologies. Too many ref bumps, as I say sometimes. Thanks for clearing that up. Yeah. All right, uh, again, big thanks everybody. The live chats uh, blowing up, we love it. Uh, Super mm-hmm. chats, of course, get to be the fourth co-host for a few minutes. Uh, love everybody who's watching this live, no matter where you're at. Uh, I want to give a shout out to at our cheese Ryan Ricotta. Um, he had tweeted to me, oh, I guess it was a couple days ago. And I always like to say, I always say to you guys, you know, tell us how how you listen and why you listen. He said he listens to the podcast the next day while delivering the mail in Sarasota, Florida. Uh, he oh. looks forward to it every Thursday. Um, and so big cool. thanks there, Ryan. Uh, so shout out to you, uh, Sarasota people. Give a give some love to your mailman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's he's he's. He's huffing and puffing in the, in the hot Florida summer right now, hot Florida <laughs> summer heat. So, again, always make sure you tweet us. You see all the Twitter handles on the screen if you're watching us, at Justin LaVar, at NYC Demon Diva with a, a one for the for the I and Diva, and at Jimmy Corderas. Please tweet us. Let us know. Do you watch live? Where are you watching? Why are you watching? What do you like? Who do you don't like? Give it to us all. It, it's great feedback, great focus group stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's do it. Blood and sure. Guts. 
coming to you from Detroit. Now, this is this is AEW's first appearance in Detroit, if my um, keeping track is tracking right. Uh, and this was a show, if I believe, that uh, uh, Brandy Rose, when she was chief branding officer, she, had, her and Cody were very involved in trying to get this show set up in Detroit, Little Caesars mm-hmm. Arena, uh, and, and do some kind of a big show. Of course, Detroit uh, getting AEW was, of uh, course, a victim, as many cities were, uh, because of yeah. the 2020 COVID pandemic. So this was the attempt to get it back there. This happened. Of course, the road's no longer with AEW, but the show does go on. So this is a huge show. This is one of their pay-per-view-esque shows being built around a theme of blood and guts and, of course, the blood and guts match, which is going to occupy the entire hour number two that we'll get to. But we start the show with hour number one, and we go right into a match, mm-hmm. and it's going to be Orange Cassidy versus all-ego Ethan Page, who, of course, has Dan Lambert by his side. Orange Cassidy very over. He's got his comedy mm-hmm. going on. He is going to get a win after he does a little sipping of some orange juice that he uh, confiscates from Dan Lambert, uh, and then he is going to hit a, a big body slam uh, uh, right after a Superman punch on Ethan Page. So, Jimmy, we start with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, fan favorite in Orange Cassidy mm-hmm. gets the win. Uh, where do you rate this start for this blood and guts, you know, premium dynamite? Okay. Uh, it was a fun match, but I thought, uh, you know, this is a, a problem sometimes I see with, with dynamite. Yes, starting off hot, starting off with a match is good because the two most important parts of a show are how you start and how you end. And I get that. But this past Sunday, they had a heck of a pay-per-view in Forbidden Door. And this was an opportunity to do maybe a huge video package uh, to showcase what people may have missed at the pay-per-view and maybe entice them to tune in because we're getting some New Japan talent on Friday on Rampage and that sort of stuff. And introduce fans who didn't catch the pay-per-view to some some talent they may be have heard about but not got the scene and, and give them a little bit of a showcase there. Uh, but that being said, going right into the match, it was okay. You know, uh, Orange Cassidy is hugely over with this character that he has going. People are invested in him. Um, uh, I understand. I kind of, In one way, I kind of like the way it built up to him trying to get the body slam uh, on Ethan Page throughout the match, and eventually he hit the slam for the one, two, three. Uh, yes, I get it. He hit him with the Superman punch before that, but at the same time, when you watch a style of wrestling where finishers nowadays become more transition moves mm-hmm. as opposed to being the, what they're supposed to be finishers, yeah, I get it. The body slam uh, to finish the match was a little bit of ha-ha and gaga. It I, I laughed, but at the same time went, you know what I mean? I got, you got, you got both expressions out of me in the finish of that match. So based on that, Issa, did, did you lose a little bit of credibility uh, to Ethan page based upon what Jimmy just said? Yeah. I mean, um, I was, I was thinking about that when I saw the match being announced. Um, I thought that Orange Cassidy had an incredible performance on Sunday, even on defeat. I thought that it was my favorite match of the night, if I'm being honest with the Osprey and Cassidy just killed it. But I also think that Ethan Page needs to be, we need to do more with him. So when I saw you put two guys that need a win tonight on, on a match, and, and obviously we know that AEW is not known for doing these DQ finishes, I knew that somebody was mm-hmm. going to get the short end of the stick here, and I had a feeling it was going to end up being Ethan Page because you had to capitalize on the momentum that Orange Cassidy built, but he lost, so he needs to get a win back somehow. He got his new entrance team, which if I'm not mistaken, he used back in the indie. so fans that are long-term, long-term fans of Orange Cassidy were familiar with the song. I think people that are 
um, AEW time fan of Orange Cassidy didn't know what was going on because I, I did think that his old entrance music was pretty over, but I'm sure this song will get over as well. I, I wasn't familiar with Orange Cassidy before AEW, so um, based on the reports, I kind of knew what was happening, but not everybody's in the known, you know, when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Orange Cassidy, I am not a fan of the character, but in ring, he continues to impress me. Every time I see him perform, he's just, he's very good at what he does, but Ethan page i i don't know i almost want him to just go away from american top team go solo and go on a little bit of a winning spree here because he just feels like the less talented person in american top team and we know that's not the case yeah uh bernie Catherine, ryan i see some comments i'm gonna get to you in a second i want to stick with orange cassie real quick though off of what he's was saying because I, I i was kind of thinking this i enjoyed orange cassie's performance and i and i kind of like you Issa, I, I i had heard of his name i knew that there was this guy who did like this millennial slacker gimmick but i but i did not watch a lot of his stuff so AEW was really my first time um you know re- really getting to, to to see him at this point though like like jimmy how i mean we've seen the Owen chassis character of like we know that we know that he can break out of a show we know that he can get he can do the moves and, and we, we you know we i remember the debate back at daily center one time where he pulled the you know he pulled off the great debate you know speech and then he went back to went back to his his chill vibe like how long? What's the shelf life of the character like this? You know, uh, I, I wish I had an answer for you. I mean, to this audience, the, this particular audience, it probably has a longer shelf life because they're more forgiving of the AEW originals. And I'm calling him an original, even though he, you know, he's been on the indies for many, many years. But, uh, you know, as far they view him as an AEW guy. So well, that's, he, look, he's on the roster yeah. for the first Dynamite. You get to be considered an original. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, so they have bought into him. They, they are going to be on board longer than most people. I think for a short period of time to the casual fans, who the fans are trying to attract in more fans, I think they would be entertained for a short while, but the, the, the orange Cassidy we saw on Sunday, as Isa said, really broke out. And that's the guy I'd like to see more of, you know, you can have that slacker gimmick going on when you're doing your promos and stuff like that. But when, and you know when that bell rings, a switch should go off, and then you become. That was Festus. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing, the, the thing, yeah. uh, the thing with Orange Cassidy that he capitalizes on that I don't know a lot of people in AEW do because I do think AEW is more of a grown-up adult, um, you know, wrestling federation is that orange cassidy appeals to the kids you see all these little kids dress up as orange cassidy as the shows i've been to a lot of shows where it's the little kids that that just look up to him and maybe that's the reason why we're not going to get rid of this of this gimmick because he's appealing to an audience that AEW struggles to to kind of hit with i want to see orange cassidy making doing make a wishes <laughs> that's what i want to see there you go there you go but 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 to, to isa's point you can do both yeah. You can have the Orange Cassidy that we saw on Sunday and still have that that, that character, but, you know, intermittent. It was incredible on Sunday. Yeah, that match yeah. with him and Osprey was absolutely amazing. And mm-hmm. and I said it in the podcast with Liam. I, I was one of the people that said, I don't want to see Osprey against Cassidy. I think Osprey deserves a better match. And they, they shut me up, and I was glad they proved me wrong. It was a great match. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Ryan Ramirez, a super chat, $1.99. Thank you, Ryan. He said, love the show, guys. I actually love Dynamite tonight. Uh, so we appreciate that. So there's a there's a vote for it. Uh, going back into um, you know, let me find it here. Hang on. Uh, Bernie DC, our, our wonderful friend Bernie, he said that had that Hogan Andre feel to to that build up being in Detroit. I talked about the the, the, the body slam. Uh, Catherine, 
So she says AEW does not need video packages. They don't cater to casual fans. I'm sick of hearing this from you guys. So, Catherine, here's the thing. I I, I know they don't, you know, I know WWE because WWE has three hours to kill. So WWE, you can miss a week. You can miss a pay-per-view. You can even miss the first hour of Raw. They will catch you up in a, in a very succinct 90-second package, and, and, and you will know everything you need to know. And I know that can be maddening, but I also understand it's that's the philosophy, again, is that you can bring somebody new in the room every single week, and they can get caught up and understand who they're watching. Mm-hmm. So I know AEW doesn't do video packages, and I know that they tried, They have two hours, and they want to cram every bit of that two hours of, of, of furthering stories. But but I think there is something to when you can when you can if you don't cater to casual fans ever, how are you going to grow? Exactly. That being said, I actually disagree with Jimmy to the extent of if Sun if Sunday would have been this banger of a pay per view that was an entire AEW roster, I would I would say yeah, you got this premium dynamite here. Let everybody know who didn't tune into it what they missed out on buying. But being the fact that Forbidden Door, that half the roster isn't of concern tonight and in and, and, and the general booking moving forward, I I understand not wasting any TV time showing a package mm-hmm. for it, especially when you have an entire hour that's going to be occupied by one match in this Dynamite tonight. So, uh, Jimmy, I, I'm with you on the logic yeah. of the video package, but I disagree just with the fact that no. Forbidden Door is something where half the roster is back to Japan. No, I understand that. And that's a a very fair and valid point. But at the same time, when you're trying to grow, like I said, when you're trying to grow your audience, you're trying to introduce your audience to new characters, seeing what they missed in Forbidden Door was unique again, because there were two promotions working together. Yeah. And that's something that the other guys don't do. Right. The WWE, the, the big, the big kids on the block, they don't do that except for Monday where they had, a few AEW guys speaking on behalf of John Cena, but other than that, they don't they don't intermingle mm-hmm. with other promotions, and 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 that would have been nice to showcase as well, where people could say, "Hey, you know what? These AEW guys they do work well with others." Yeah, I'm very I'm very fifty fifty on this topic, if I'm being honest with you, because I feel um, AEW hasn't hit a million viewers in months, mm-hmm. months. Okay. But at the same time, this buildup to Forbidden Door, what they did was drop their viewership even more. You know, they were able yeah. to get a couple of more viewers last week, but it was still at 800,000, which should be considered low for, you know, the numbers that they were doing a year ago. So while I do think we need video packages, at the same time, I almost feel like, okay, some of our casual viewers did not like this Forbidden Door. Let's drop it and go back to the dynamite that they're used to and hopefully blood and guts bring them back. At the same time, if I'm Tony Khan, I would be proud of the show that I put in because it was a lot of people that were so skeptical about it that I would do sure. something or like even the fact that you crown a brand new champion and there was absolutely no mention of pack tonight or the championship yeah. or who even won it yeah. like I was like they could at least Fair. spend some time Fair. going into because mm-hmm. pack is a guy from AW this has nothing to do with New Japan so you could have at least like gone into the most important things that happened I would assume our title changes we see Mox at the end of the show so at least have something with pack uh, fair on the pack part. Here's another one, which we'll get to later, but let's just, but it's in the vein of what Issa just said. Um, okay. So if we are going to do what Jimmy, if Jimmy suggests, if you are going to show a video package, unless I'm, unless I went to the bathroom, unless I walked away and missed it, somebody correct me. In the, in the main event, the first person that comes out for the baby face team is Claudio. Mm-hmm. Just assuming that everybody has either watched the pay-per-view or read the internet. 
mm-hmm. that this guy who used to be known as Cesaro for the last 10 years in WWE is now with AEW. That's the one that I would say. That, that's really the one that, I mean, you know, Pac wasn't on the show tonight, so I guess you don't need to talk about that happening at Forbidden Door. Um, you know, Mox obviously retains his, his interim title, but that that's the biggest thing was the was the new signing who debuted. <laughs> they mm-hmm. didn't even, I, unless I missed it, they didn't even show a package showing that 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 would be the thing you need to show because that's the piece of business that matters the most tonight because he's part of the main event but it, it, but then it goes to the ending of the pay-per-view which is w- what i had a problem with you you have that that great main event match and then it's forgotten about because of all the schmas and the, the boo-ha-ha yeah. afterwards so yeah it was so backwards jimmy i'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you but usually no. you end tv to build to the pay-per-view but the pay-per-view ended to build to tv and i was like mm-hmm. what is happening here yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dan says, I need to, I think he meant demon, uh, demon diva shirt. He uh, said, do you have, do you have a pro wrestling tea store? Do you have shirts? Get no, I have merch. I have merch in the, in the description of my videos. The link mm-hmm. is always there. All right. Go, well, go the great plug. Maybe people, make people go watch your videos. Find look in the description, get the, get the gimmicks. All right, moving on. Uh, we got, uh, Tony Schiavone on the stage with Christian cage, who now we were promoted and told that Christian cage had requested a match. But he comes out and he's in street clothes, which is is noted by commentary. Uh, he's getting really good heel heat. I mean, the people just of Detroit, I just couldn't stand the sight and sound of mm-hmm. him. Uh, he was he said that he that management put management sent him out here on the microphone, asked him to deliver an apology for his comments that he made to Jungle Boy and about Jungle Boy's deceased father. And Christian Cage says he's sorry, but he's sorry that he didn't make. He's, he's sorry that the entire family isn't dead, so they didn't have to see what he's done to Jungle Boy, except maybe Jungle Boy's mom and does a little call me. Uh, wow. This might have been the biggest heel reaction of the night, and again, mm. relatively speaking, it's the number two thing that just kind of slides in there and happens, mm-hmm. uh, this little pre-match promo on a night that's glorified with, with blood and guts, but Issa, this was uh, heat, Matt, heat magnet city right here uh, it was beautiful it was beautiful, it and was as beautiful. Somebody, yes as somebody that's a big mjf fan and i sit here and tell you how much i missed him christian is fulfilling that role beautifully of making this this promos that are like they get so much heat that are way too real that that get that emotion and that reaction remember the last promo we hear from mjf he said i'm the guy that makes you feel something and Christian is doing that. And he's some of the best heel work that I've seen Christian do. He feels so he's on a different level. And <laughs> the turtleneck kills me. His his drip <laughs> is so on point. Like, listen, I, I, I love everything about this promo. I love what he did last week. I'm loving what he's doing this week. And and having Lucha Soros come out in the heel mask with the black mask, <laughs> I, I thought the whole presentation was great. I'm gonna get to Luke's mm-hmm. source in a second, Jimmy. Uh, you know Christian Cage very mm-hmm. well, fellow Canadian. Yeah. Uh, you, you and I were talking a little bit about him before we went on air here. Um, I mean, this was this was this was some intense heel work on the mic. No, and and it's and it feels so authentic because Christian Cage, uh, the person even backstage, likes to push buttons. He's a guy that likes to get reaction from people, not only in the audience, he likes to get a reaction from the boys in the back as well. And so he's good at generating real genuine heel heat. And, you know, last week I I, I was thinking about it and thinking to myself, boy, did he cross a line? Maybe he did with the father comment. And then tonight, he, you know, he doubled down on it and added the rest of the family to the mix. But you know what I mean? Uh, but 
when I think about it now, it's like he's getting the reaction that in, th- that you want to get for a heel, as opposed to being the cool heel that everybody yeah. wants to be, and and and, and, and people like you. And and this isn't a shot at at Jericho. I, I love Chris. I think he's a tremendous heel as well. But people are still singing along with this theme music, which we'll get to later. Maybe they th- should think about changing it. Just to you know, anyway, but. What's the rule, Jimmy? Obviously, Christian Cage did not go out there and say the things he said without Tony Khan clearing it, and, and more emotionally important, without Jungle Boy being okay with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we can all make that a safe assumption. Jungle Boy wasn't, if Jungle Boy truly wasn't there tonight, if he was at home, mm-hmm. he didn't hear these comments tonight from Christian for the first time. He got some, uh, he gave some approval at some point to Christian. Yeah, we can go there. Okay. I think we can all yeah. safely assume that. So oh, if, yeah. if, if the party, if the party who's, if the party in question in this case is jungle boy if they're okay with it is there any room for anybody to be offended by it or is it no this is part of the show the parties that actually mm. matter meaning the person who did lose his father is okay mm. with it and is okay with it further and enhancing the story on the show is there any room for anybody to be offended well in today's day and age people are more easily offended let's let's put it that way uh, yeah I, <sighs> Look, if, if somebody's offended by it, that's their prerogative. They could be offended by it. Me, I like like you said, if it was agreed upon by both parties, uh, I don't want to say nothing is off the table. I mean, there is a line that you shouldn't cross. I don't know where that line is. But at the same time, he's walking that fine line. Maybe he could have worded it a little differently, but uh, that's not in Christian's uh DNA, but but, it, but, it, but 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 I mean, it makes you want to see Jungle Boy get his hands on Christian Cage. So absolutely, I want to see Christian Cage kick his ass. <laughs> you're, you're, su- you're, you're such a heel. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the heel. thing, though. Like, what what is the the key Ooh. demo that we all talk about? What eighteen to forty nine? I feel like this kind of promo appeals to that kind of. Yeah. I, I I don't know. Mm. I I liked it, but you you know, Justin Lavar knows that I don't like baby faces very much. So you do, you, <laughs> you do not. You do not. Um. So Issa mentioned. So let's let's talk about this. So this yeah. So Christian says he goes. So yeah, there's gonna be a match, but I didn't say that I was requesting a match for mm. me. And then music mm. hits, and uh, again, somebody correct me if I miss something. This is new music to me. It kind of has a little bit of the Kane horror mm. organ that's happening, and the mm. lights and the smoke they had going. And Luchasaurus out there, as Issa mentioned, a uh, heel mask, looking like a million bucks. Christian just whispering in his ear. He is telling his Frankenstein what to do. Goes to the ring to just squash um, uh, Serpentico uh, with some very unique-looking power offense that he that he that he does and uses a, a nerve hold submission. Right. Uh, not, personally, when you have a main uh, first of first of let's go Luchasaurus. Uh, I sat there thinking to myself, you know. It's took three years, but we're finally getting the Luchasaurus presentation that I think we should have had the whole time. He looked like a million bucks with the music, with a veteran in Christian, and a pro wrestling veteran in Christian who's standing there. That's credibility. Looks like a million bucks. The music fit. I get it. He's fun. Luchasaurus, big guy that can do lucha moves, and then you know he's the he's been alive for ninety three million years or whatever the, the, the joke is. But like this was, I'm like this is this is money. I don't know if the comedy haha Luchasaurus is money. This is the Luchasaurus. That is money. Maybe that's just me, but I, I, now I am far more excited for the next Luchasaurus pr- uh, segment. 
No, and you're right. It's all about drawing in an audience and getting people invested. And you've already got enough people that we talked about Orange Cassidy earlier, where people are going, "Hey, I like this guy." Yeah. And then you got the fun luchasaur. Hey, I like this guy. Now we're getting a guy where you go, "Ooh, this guy's a badass." But and now you're questioning what is it that Christian has said to him? How did Christian get him on board? He you probably know what I mean? threatened his life or his family. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so at least at least it has people wondering how did he get him on his side? How did he how right. did he sway uh Luchasaurus to become this more dark and sinister character? Yeah, well, I mean, we'll have to get some uh you know so, some more backstory here. I will say the critique I'll have here. It was an interesting little variation of uh, in this nerve hold submission. My opinion, though, when again, when you when the entire show is built around the blood and guts match, which the only way to win the blood and guts match is through like submission or surrender. I quit. Basically, it's basically an mm -hmm. I quit match. No other match on the show should have a submission finish. My opinion. That was my yeah. thing that I did say because when I saw this happen and I see and that was my only knock because I was like, nah, you got to save the the glory mm -hmm. of a submission for the blood don't don't give me mm -hmm. i mean this guy is a squash match just just put your hand mm -hmm. on his chest and let the ralph rest yep. count one two three you know what and he took that after match choke slam on the floor yeah why not you know what i know they don't like to do count out finishes but why not have luchasaurus choke slam him on the floor get back in the ring just let him count to 10 and he's laid out i mean in that case it works yeah no i agree that's again i know i know for all the aw diehards that are freaking out right now that, that we that i said something critical <laughs> I know we get to, I know we have the luxury of booking after the fact. And, yeah. you know, we know what Tony didn't know going into this in terms of how it's all going to go out. But that's what we're here for. If you got a problem with it, log off. All right. <laughs> uh, up next, so uh, we got Scorpio Sky having a little face off with my man Wardlow backstage. Mm -hmm. uh, Scorpio Sky saying, Oh, look, yeah, you're a real tough guy. You just beat up a bunch of uh, security guards. Wardlow saying, says, Bring every member of America top team. I'll treat them all like security guards. Next week, a street fight in Rochester. For the TNT title between Scorpio Sky and Wardlow. Issa, I think Scorpio Sky's days are numbered holding that title. 1,000% uh, agree. If Wardlow loses, I riot. Oh, uh, I heard it there. <laughs> that That's my Wednesday night eye candy, and I need him holding some gold. I, I, I love seeing Wardlow. I love that they're finally building some momentum. I, I didn't like the whole lawsuit storyline after his big win over MJF. Obviously, I share with you guys, I felt the win over MJF was overshadowed with everything going on. So I feel like you needed to go like all the way in with Warlow right after. I feel like they're doing that now, and I think this win could really get Warlow there. I'm, I'm excited mm -hmm. to see this match. It's going to be a street fight, so you know they're, they're just going to go crazy. And Warlow is known for defeating a bunch of people, so it doesn't matter who's, you know, Scorpio Sky brings in. I still expect a Warlow to walk out victorious. So to that point, Jimmy, you're the ref here, and we know mm -hmm. they don't do they, they don't touch DQs and countouts. Um, mm -hmm. So, but so it's a straight fight, so that that just opens the liberty to just to have a schma to, to let all of American Top Team get involved. Mm -hmm. Does that loophole of all those people getting involved is that there to protect Wardlow and getting a loss by getting beat by five guys, mm -hmm. or is the street fight there to help the mayhem of Mister Mayhem, the man with war in his name, uh, mm -hmm. to help let him do more brutality and, and, and be crowned a new champion next week? 
I hope that it's, it's the latter because if this street fight was designed just so that they could bring in more guys to take down Wardlow, as you said, uh, obviously they're not security guards. They are right. actual professional wrestlers, which, but still, uh, you know, it, Wardlow will lose so much steam right now because there's money in Wardlow. And I think people see that. And I'm and, pretty, oh, sorry. sorry no, 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 no. And, and to, for him, regardless of, of whether it's a, you know, nefarious way of, of having him lose, I think he would lose a tremendous pound of steam, more steam than he would, uh, um, you know, at, at any other time. So uh, I think if their plan is not to make him champion yet, then they've painted themselves into a corner. Yeah, Sergio says, do not have Warlow squash a bunch of legit MMA fighters that will destroy Warlow momentum. Um, I think maybe you meant the opposite. Don't let some, don't let America top team of some, you know, I agree. I think Warlow's momentum here is key. You know, I think probably, Issa, to your point, I think probably the whole storyline with the uh, arena workers probably was a little bit of an audible mm-hmm. if to whatever part of the MJF story is real. You know, it, maybe they might have had a follow-up plan for MJF and Warlow. They couldn't do it because MJF and Tony Khan are at this, you know, this uh, stalemate. Um, but I, I agree, Jimmy. I think MJ, or, uh, I think Warlow's momentum is key. And him getting this title would be a good resurgence for the same title, especially when you can factor in AEW has been bitten with the injury bug. Punk mm-hmm. out, you know, Brian out, Adam Cole out. So uh, obviously Wardlow has been a priority for a long time, but if there's ever reason to slowly, to, or not, if there's ever a reason to accelerate the timeline mm-hmm. of Wardlow up the card, your reasons right here of some, of some major names not being around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you have to remember, Warlow had a match against Scorpio Sky for the TNT title already, which MJF costed him that match. Mm-hmm. So I would assume that this time, without having to deal with the MJF drama, I, I feel like Warlow should be, you know, should walk away victorious here. Unless the MJF resurfaces next Wednesday and costs Warlow. Oh. Again, then, like, I don't know. Yeah. It would feel uh, no, that, 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 would, that would be a waste of, of, of this MJF storyline if that's what he did, if he just popped back mm-hmm. up to call, you know, that would be a waste. Uh, I think it would have been better if he pop back up and held forbidden door hostage or something there you go um all right so we'll uh we'll be here next wednesday to talk about world of scorpio sky so you can, you can okay. uh, save all the comments we all just said and you can see which one of us are right and wrong mm-hmm. when we get to that all right up next we get uh max caster out there he's got the ass boys with him he's got mm-hmm. anthony bowens in the wheelchair uh big daddy gun big daddy ass whatever he's being called he's peace pushing the wheelchair <laughs> They're going to be going up against hometown boy Dan Housen and uh, his uh, surprise partners FTR. Um, this, I mean, this is you know, look, it, this is this is fun to an extent. Dan Housen obviously is very. I mean, look, when they showed the match graphics at the start of the show, what's coming up tonight? And you can hear the live audio of the crowd when they showed this. People went nuts. Yes, Dan Housen's from the area, but I mean, look, Dan Housen's an over thing. If you go and watch the YouTube clips or you watch social media clips, clips of Dan Housen are. He's just a. He's, I mean, again. Back to the Orange Cassidy thing. Shelf life? I don't know. But right now, he's hitting it. So uh, put him out there. Uh, the yeah. big thing to take away from here is that uh, we get a picture-in-picture, picture, so it's, it, the match is a little lengthy. But uh, bottom line is, refs being distracted for five minutes. Anthony Bowen, <laughs> he can walk. He's out of the wheelchair. He can walk, and he's got a crutch to use as a, as a weapon. He goes to hit Danhausen, misses, hits Austin Gunn. That gives Danhausen the uh, opportunity to go ahead and pin. Danhausen gets the win in his backyard. Uh, makes everybody feel good. Okay, so that's cool. Post match, we then get 
the gun the, the gun club is upset with with anthony bowens who accidentally hit you know alston and there's like all this problem billy pushes one of his sons down commentary speculating what's going on and Esau, all i can think to myself is why is this happening first off <laughs> anthony bowens he can walk it's a miracle that moment should be saved for a big moment where he gets a big win yeah. for his compadres secondly but instead he just looked like a bumbling idiot secondly <laughs> th- this whole it happened by an accident this whole max castor rapping ass boys in the city and then and then anthony bowens with the scissor but this thing's getting over why yes. would you even tease this early the the, the 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 breakup of this no it's not the right time it's not the right time to break them up they're they're mm-hmm. way too over um you know my my observations to your point justin is i feel like maybe they should have played it out as then house's curse didn't work maybe he did the curse wrong and that's what made anthony bowens walk you missed mm-hmm. such an opportunity there yeah. because, like, you, mm-hmm. I said the same thing. I was doing a watch and I'm like, oh, my God, it's a miracle. Maybe the curse didn't work. You know, yeah. you could have easily just done something different. Another observation that I had is FTR looks incredible with all of those belts. They deserve mm-hmm. everything, and I just love seeing them walk out. I, I think they, they have grown on me so much, especially in their AEW run. It was cool to see them, you know, united with Dan Housen, but I'm with you. This this didn't need to happen. I don't need to see them break up. This has been a, a team that probably wasn't supposed to work, but it's working for everybody. Don't don't break them up. It's not necessary. Jimmy? No, I, I, there's nothing more that I could really add to that because uh, other than the fact that I'm really jealous about Billy Gunn and his, uh, the shape that he's in at his age. But anyways, I, that's, that's something completely different. Yeah, he's a, he's a freak of nature. But uh, I, I don't... I know that the other company is planting a seed that there could be a possible father-son confrontation coming down the road. That doesn't mean that they have to do it too. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, they belong together. The ass club belongs together. And and it's a beautiful thing that, you know, that, you know, badass Billy Gunn, Mr. Ass, that the the thing that he made his his biggest money on, it's got to be a beautiful thing. You know, and and, and, and knowing Kip a little bit and knowing his and many sons, it's got to be a beautiful thing, Jimmy, that he can take that gimmick and 20 years later, his sons are now getting huge heel reactions by the crowd chain. That warms a wrestling dad's heart. Mm-hmm. And so why we would screw with that and even tease any dysfunction this early right. in the game. It's just, again, yeah. mind-boggling to me. That, that, because I wrestling, hear you. Is, wrestling has the most daddy issues of any industry out there. That's just been proven. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Issa, you moved a second yes. ago. What does your chair say? Oh, it says bees. <laughs> <laughs> it's the brand it's the brand but i love their branding the other pillow has just a b with the crown on it and i was like okay queen b I- i'm sold i'll buy the share <laughs> i thought i figured you bought it because of the uh, i'm guessing the beast brock lesnar brock oh. lesnar yes <laughs> you know he's you one go. of my faves <laughs> I, I, I was like did she have a custom chair made for the podcast no no it's a big it's a big mm. company here in puerto rico i actually went into the store to buy a share i almost went bankrupt with all the cool stuff they had Oh, my goodness. That's awesome. Mm. All right. Uh, up next, we get Jade Cargill. She's the TBS champion. She's been laying out a challenge. Apparently, nobody's going to accept a challenge to go for her title. So she is going up against Layla Gray. Uh, makes quick work of Layla Gray. 
hits uh, Jade hits her finish. I forget what it's called. Something with Jade in the name. Uh, she's 34 0. So we flash that up. Um, I think Excalibur on commentary said, Nobody's in the picture. The business has ever won the first 34 matches. And then later, like a minute later, Tony Schiavone did correct, like, it's only been a handful of people. <laughs> of course, I'm like, well, this Goldberg 2.0 thing isn't, you know, necessarily. Um, all right, so uh, the squash happens after the match. Jade cuts a promo, basically is upset at her publicist. You know, I need better competition. So she's talking crap. Here comes Athena and Chris Statlander. They hit the ring and they're attacking Jade and Kira Hogan. But then Layla Gray apparently gets a little wisdom of words in the ear whispered from Stokely or from uh, yeah Stokely, um, or yeah, and and so then she's on Jade's side, but Jade's not happy, confused by that. But then it goes go in reverse. I understand like Jade's like she's like I'm making I'm making a challenge. Nobody wants to accept it. Layla Gray they showed on the stat she's zero four. How does she get a title match? <clears throat> Even if she wants to be there, how does she? You don't get a fast pass. No, you go to the. You, you're back alone. Oh yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Come no, on, you know. You know, AW does a lot of random title matches this, this all the where, time. This is oh. where. This is where. And Ro, I think Road Dog had a comment on his podcast. This is where, and he said it. AW runs the risk of booking themselves in a corner because they keep mm-hmm. such meticulous stats. They don't right. fudge the stats. You know, in wrestling, weight, height, all that stuff could be built. Mm. You know, it all could be exaggerated to 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 fit your need. Right. They keep track of the stats. If you have enough hours in your week to watch all their programming, Dynamite, Rampage, Dark, Elevation, uh, BTE, whatever else, you can keep track of the stats. Mm-hmm. Jimmy, this is where they put themselves in the corner. Why, why, why is Owen 4 Layla Gray even... This should be one of those, you got to beat the champion in a non-title before you can even get the title yeah. match. Yeah, it's the same as a championship contenders match. Is that what it's called? I don't, I don't even know what they call it anymore. Yeah. You know, the opportunity, opportunity, not whatever the hell it's called. I don't know. But again, I think, I think Road Dog is right here. They painted themselves in the corner with these stats, which are fine to keep these stats of win loss records. But if you're going to keep these stats, then make them mean something because yeah. someone who's 0 4 gets a title shot, uh, it makes no sense. And, and the other thing that really bugs me is, um, I know they love doing these post-match schmazes a, a, a little too frequently on their shows. It happens very, and I get you want to showcase talent, but sometimes talent, you can't put everybody on the show every week. Right. And the other thing with this women's match is it had the spot right before the main event again, regardless of the fact that the main event took up the whole last I hour. was going to say, Jimmy, you jumped on my case. I was like, man, they have me for a second. I saw yeah. the women come out. I ate something, and I'm like, yes. And then I remember Blood and Guts was going to last over an hour, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. come on. It's still the same spot, technically yeah. speaking. Yep. <laughs> Rocky says, Issa, do you want to be in the baddies section? I run the baddie section from there Puerto Rico. There you go. She's a bad bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon my language, but we're past. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah we're happening. past. We're past eleven o'clock on the, on yeah. the Eastern Time Zone. So yeah. you know, that you can, if you can say it on FX or whatever channels, you can say it here. Wrestling uh, Inc. After Dark has just kicked on. There you go. Mm, that's dangerous. <laughs> All right. All right. It is time for blood and guts. Um. So, full disclosure for people who listen, you wonder how do you host a podcast? How do you host a wrestling podcast? Matches like this are very interesting because because you. I'm not going to play by play every damn spot that happens because we'll be here until tomorrow. 
but I also don't want to shortchange some of the bigger spots. I also don't want to talk for five minutes and not give my wonderful my wonderful friends here a chance to chime in on things. So I think I have like just some big highlights, and I'll just try okay. to go up, throw cool. some reaction, uh, or or as Bruce Pritchard would imitate with with Paul Heyman. May I have a volley, sir? We'll volley back and forth. Uh, that's what we'll do here. So, all right, I'll give you the rundown, and then we'll and we'll, and we'll break it down. Uh, Jericho Appreciation Society is out there. They're going up against Eddie Kingston, Santana, Ortiz, Claudio, Wheeler, Yuta, and John Moxley. Again, if you haven't missed it, the man formerly known as Cesaro is now back. There is now in AW back to his original name of Claudio Casanoli. Uh, so Claudio is going to start. Sammy's going to start. Claudio is just peppering him with the European uppercuts. William Regal is on commentary. Uh, of course, his you know, mm-hmm. Black Bull Combat Club uh, is out there and being represented. So he's out there on commentary, putting over the uh, the the uppercuts. After those two, it goes back and forth, mind you. And, and mind you, again, if you, if you didn't see the match, the match technically doesn't, the bell doesn't ring until all 12 participants are in the ring. So every, all of this is, is like a, is a giant pregame of each member coming in. And then and, and whatever, and then the bell rings, and then the real blood and gut starts. So Claudio, Sammy, then Daniel Garcia from the heels, then Willie Uter from the faces. Jake Hager comes in. Jake Hager, let's stop here. Jake Hager gets in there. Jake Hager and Claudio both clear out who they need to clear out. They eye each other. It's two rings, mind you. They eye each other each in separate rings. And Issa, there was a moment there, and the fans are even yeah. chanting, "We the people," uh, reminding you of a short-lived time uh, with Zeb Coulter. And uh, WWE. This was a moment, though. Jake Hager. But do you want to know what I was chanting, Justin? What were you chanting? Big meaty man slapping Big. me. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <clears throat> your fa- it's your favorite <clears throat> saying. It is. I, I, you're, now you're bringing inside jokes, and people don't understand. <laughs> uh, uh, Jimmy. K Fabe, brother. K Fabe, sister. Uh, uh, this moment here Hager, Claudio mm-hmm. in the ring together thoughts no it 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 was a big moment and and uh you know it it just goes to show that this is where the 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 detractors of people saying oh there's too many ex-wwe guys that 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 are taking away spots from from you know uh original or whatever you want to call them aew talents but at the same time here are two guys that have been showcased on television for a long time in the ring together. So people, you know, let's say somebody is tuning in to check out, Hey, let me see what this blood and guts is all about. And they see these two guys in the ring. They may stick around because they recognize the talent, you know? And uh, I thought they, they delivered that, you know, that it looked like a good fight. Yeah. I mean, to to that argument again, I understand you don't want the whole roster to be former WWE. You want to infuse some future and some original, but at the same time, Jake Hager as Jack Swagger was a world heavyweight champion, um, was with WWE, the biggest company in, in, in North America, at least wrestling company, was there for over 15 years. Claudio S. Cesaro there for over 10. Mm-hmm. Both worked Mania matches, SummerSlam match, whatever. You know, so there is there is value. You're right. There's value to that of that recognition. And yeah, now I don't know how many casual people are tuning in on this hour and tuning into this and, and are. I don't know, but I don't. I think the business practice is is is, is a good mindset. I think I think I think the philosophy is correct, right. and especially in that crowd who feel that Cesaro Claudio Castagnoli didn't get his just desserts when he was at WWE, yeah. and he deserved more. Yeah, that was gonna be my two cents. Is when you see those when you see stars that you feel might have been shortchanged 
for lack of better words, by WWE, get big moments in AEW. There's nothing to do but appreciate those moments because that's what you've been wanting for these guys for, you know, for a while. So I, I, I personally love the moment. And again, uh, I, I, big meaty man slapping me it doesn't happen very often in AEW. So when I get it, I'm gonna enjoy it. <laughs> Sometimes it's yeah. yeah. All right, I had a bad, <laughs> I had a bad joke that they were gonna have to like. <clears throat> Censor off the archive of this. So I'll just move Ooh, on. Let me just sit here. Maybe I'll try to make it. <laughs> up here. All right. Up next, after that moment, uh, John Mox is in next. Mox has got just a cargo pants full of weapons. He's got forks. <laughs> he's got spikes. He's got shard glass. He delivers a pile driver on shard glass. Angelo Parker's in. Ortiz, freshly shaven head, is in. Big Daddy Matt Menard is in. Santana's coming in with tables and a barbed wire bat. Jericho comes in. And finally, Eddie Kingston comes in with a kendo stick. Kendo stick and everybody working his way to Jericho, who's on the opposite side of the two rings, wanting to get his hands on Jericho. They got rubbing alcohol they're fighting over. Moxley and Wheeler dump out several bags of thumbtacks. We see several spots on the thumbtacks, both by heels and faces. Excuse me. Blackpool Combat Club is ripping up the ring to the left. They are ripping up the apron. They're ripping up the, the, the canvas. They're exposing the plywood boards that are underneath of a ring to help make that more dangerous. Ty Conte knocks out Aubrey, the referee. Camera misses the shot, but it happens. Mm -hmm. She does it to steal the key so she could try to get into the cage and help her boyfriend Sammy and his team. Before she can get into the cage, Ruby Riot comes down, attacks her. Those two brawl off, and then we get to the climax. Mm -hmm. We get to the climax. Uh, Jericho climbs to the top. Eddie Kingston goes to follow him. Sammy Guevara goes to follow that. Kingston knocks and throws Sammy off the top of the cage into what looked like a double table uh, setup of a, of, a, of a where the timekeepers and ring announcers and such were. So there's your big off the top table spot. Mm -hmm. We get a walls of Jericho on Kingston on top of the cage. Um, so that's that that that's happening. Uh, we get a giant swing by Claudio up on the cage. Mm -hmm. That just makes you nervous of getting dizzy and falling to your doom. And then finally, the finish. Uh, Claudio has the sharpshooter on Matt Menard. Simultaneously, Eddie is stretching Chris Jericho. Mm -hmm. I think I have the story right here. Simultaneous babyface submissions happening on the heels. Mm -hmm. Jericho is, is biting his tongue, not giving up. Matt Menard does give up and surrenders. Matt Menard gives up. So the baby faces win. Jericho Appreciation Society loses. Everybody's crimson masked, practically. Mm -hmm. uh, Jimmy, did I get that finish correct? Was that the story that Jericho, the almighty leader, mm -hmm. is fighting through and, and not, and one of his minions was too weak? Is that the story? Is that going to be a problem for Matt Menard? Is that going to be problems inside of the Jericho Appreciation Society? Uh, it probably will because Jericho is such a good heel. He could make that work and saying, listen, I was, he was trying to submit me and I didn't give up, but you gave up and you lost this match for our side. If you need to be tougher, you need to be stronger, whatever the case may be. And really quick here, I have to throw this out here before I forget it. Line of the night by JR. We're going to need a bigger boat, but, um, yeah, I just, just for some reason that stuck with me and I love it, but Jaw, yeah, Jaws reference, right? Yes, absolutely. And, like you said, I think uh, Jericho can make this story work because he's that damn good. 
Yeah. Isa, Isa, uh, what was your takeaway from this? Did th did this deliver as blood and guts is supposed to? It did. It did. I have fun. It was chaotic. Um, I I, I had a couple of things that I could have done without one of them was like it felt like there was a lot of stalling before the match started you had the jr mm -hmm. entrance you had the video package and this in a different occasion i wouldn't be upset but when you have a match that you know is going to go on for close to an hour 20 minutes of stalling before the match starts it just feels like a little too much um mm -hmm. in addition to that um, maybe it's because i wasn't so invested into some of the people in the jas as much as i am into the people in the other team they're coming in every four minutes it felt like forever these four minutes in between just felt mm -hmm. like so long because there's 12 people to get in right now i'm just i'm nitpicking at this point also santana prayers because if this is another injury this is bad news but mm. Santana it looks like something happened to his knee as soon as he came in and we didn't see him again for the mm. rest of the match and that the injury list is too long right now to take another one and also yeah. he is the world champion from one of the Puerto Rico federations right now we need him okay so hopefully mm. he gets better soon um he's still I wait, like so, this wait, wait, hang on so to get off uh hold your thought he's still a champion for an an, an indie in Puerto Rico yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a brand new company. It's called Laue. It's ran by um, Orlando Colon. He oh. just started it, and he's the first champion, actually. They did a tournament to crown the first champ, and he won it, and, and we need him, okay? We need him, so I hope he's okay. But um, <laughs> I like the story. I, I think Moxley is a sick son of a bitch. <laughs> I, I love everything that Moxley did. The anticipation. To, I didn't expect to see Moxley come in so early on. I thought him and, and yeah. Kingston were going to be the last ones. I thought it was very smart to put him in the middle to kind of wake up, you know, the people. I love seeing Moxley come out with the title in front of a crowd. I know he's mm. the interim champion, but his reign was mostly throughout the pandemic. It felt good to see him come out with the crowd and get to celebrate mm. that. The anticipation of seeing Eddie Kingston coming to this match. I love the story that that told you. Just couldn't wait for him to get in there. Um, I, I personally, the story that I took away from this, Justin, is, is Claudio and Eddie kind of showing a little bit of tension on who, who got the submission. Eddie really wanted to get the win here, and he didn't get it. And you see them kind of go back and forth after the match ends. We Great know point. that Eddie Kingston has some choice words about mm -hmm. Cesaro in the past before Claudio signed with AEW. So what is this building towards? That's the takeaway that I take from here. Mm -hmm. But it was fun. It was chaotic. There was a lot of laying around, not doing anything, and I wish the cameras mm -hmm. would have not shown that, especially when they were on the top of the cage. Mm -hmm. At that point, you know, that's where the rest of the match is going to go, so don't show too much the guys just laying around on the on the bottom. Like, they deserve a break. This was a long match. Yeah. Um, also, mm -hmm. one more thing. At some point, they show Cesaro, who came in first, and all of these guys look half dead, and Cesaro looks like he just walked into this match. He, his cardio he, didn't, yeah, he, is... he didn't break a sweat. He didn't break a sweat. And the only yeah. blood he had on him was other guys' blood just dried up yeah. in his body. Which Cesaro is incredible, and I wish nothing but the best for him here in AEW. But I think I think Eddie Kingston is not happy about the way this went down. Isn't it crazy that uh, Cesaro hasn't wrestled a match, an actual match on TV in several months, and it looked like he, he, he just didn't break a sweat? Um, yeah. You talk about someone who's in incredible shape. That, that's incredible. And to Issa's point, too, with when they were selling for long periods of time on top of the cage, we weren't even getting camera shots of what was going on in the ring. They were totally focused because on what's going on. there was nothing going on in the ring. There was nothing but, going on in the but, ring. Yeah. yeah. But uh, still, you know, at least pan down and show that there's a, right. there's all this carnage down here as well. It's almost like they forgot about everybody in the ring. We're just going to focus on the top.
Yeah, yeah you could have is... even sold it as, hey, these are the only guys that are left standing or the guys on top of the cage because look what yeah. happened down here, yeah. you know? And there was a lot of laying around on top of the cage as well yeah. that I could have done with a little more action there. This mm-hmm. is the tough match visually, an yeah. hours-long match from entrances to end to do. This is where veteran experience does come and play with WWE in terms mm-hmm. of, like, the over-preparation for doing these kind of things. Because I, I agree with everything that you said, Issa. Um I, you know, actually, you know, and he's a great point. I, I focused on the heels of who was losing, the fact that Jericho is the one who didn't tap and that Matt Menard gives up. But you're absolutely right. There's a there's that, that there's an equal, if not greater story of of it being the fact that Eddie's trying to get it the win for him and, and Claudio gets it. And, you know, if you know the history and they did a uh, commentary, did a Lou, there's a there's a great history there. So that that's a great point. Um, I will say, I think, Issa, to to what you said. The the format was very uh I'll call it raw like in the sense as in Monday Night Raw in the sense of yeah the entrances and the packages and like there was a lot of like blah 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 until we got to the actual blood and guts well and the match doesn't start but you know what I mean yeah. I think though maybe part of the philosophy behind it is you know they're obligated to get X amount of commercial breaks in I think they maybe tried to break it up to get those commercial breaks done and out of the way. So they could go 15, 20 minutes at a time. But they they but they mm-hmm. didn't. They didn't. They no. kept having commercial breaks. Well, at one no, point, I, well, they, I was even hoping that they could have just done some kind of... I wish Tony Khan would have done something in which once the match became official, right? Once everybody said, mm-hmm. maybe go commercial free. Even if you no. give us a shit ton of commercials that, that earlier I, on the yeah, night. Yeah. That I, you're right. That I agree with. Because they made, they made it clear. Until all 12 guys are in the ring, nobody can win or lose this. So I right. agree. T- you know, take the take the last two commercial breaks that you had to take, move them into when guys are still just coming in, and do the picture in picture. But I agree. Once the bell rings, and Excalibur says, "Now the match has started," we are staying with this live until the end of it. We are not cutting away again. I agree. And who knows? Maybe there, maybe TBS wouldn't. I don't. I don't. I don't know what the semantics are of that. But but I will agree to you at that point. Um, if they could format, if they're going to continue with blood and guts as an annual thing, and it's this match that takes up an hour, I do think you know as much communication with the network for that specific show of can we ca- or you know, State Farm or I guess no, no DraftKings was the sponsor for this one. I again have draft work it out to where DraftKings has made it possible where we have a limited commercial hour here or we have a commercialist hour here. Mm-hmm. Um, to stay with this blood and guts through the entirety with no break. Uh, whatever has to be done, I do agree. There needs mm-hmm. to be something because you're already combating trying to get casuals and they're seeing this very bloody, gory scene. That's not always a turn-on for everybody. Right. Then beyond that, trying to follow the story of all these moving parts and who hates who, and then beyond that, the commercials. So I agree. I, I do think they need to do some evolution of their TV format. Right. And and that's another thing to think about why this was put on TV and this wasn't saved for a pay-per-view. Like right. uh, it almost feels like it was rushed to get to this. You, like, again, how many times are we going to say it? They had a wonderful pay-per-view on Sunday and Forbidden Door. And then they have to rush right into this right afterwards and get everybody, you know, take your time, relax, let everything breathe for a little bit and build towards this to where everybody's really looking forward to it. It felt like it was rushed into this and trying to get it on television as quick as we can. Sometimes match, especially matches like this, I think, should be saved for pay-per-views make people want to pay to see this well to your point of the rush jimmy sorry so is they don't have another 
the next big premium event, I believe, is what all out in our Labor Day weekend, and they'll have mm-hmm. the the Arthur Ashe Stadium uh, show two weeks after that. So yeah, it's like the rest of the summer you don't have anything. I mean, you know, so yeah, push this to the end of July or well, you know, why have it four yeah. days after Forbidden Door mm-hmm. and right. have it in this situation? I don't know. Maybe Tony has his reasons. But. Yeah, yeah I, I love what Justin brought up in the chat because I did think that was an awful an awesome visual when one of the Jericho guys is just hanging upside down and I couldn't even recognize who was hanging upside down because he had the crimson mask on. It was such a cool, a cool camera shot. I will say, yeah, that one, it was, it was just epic. And I didn't, I have no clue how he got to the outside, honestly, because there was just so much going on. I don't even know how he Mm -hmm. ended up there. Mm -hmm. I will say one, another, another, and I'm nitpicking here, but with Jericho winning, uh, for Bindor, I kind of knew who was going to win here. It doesn't take away from the match. It didn't make it any less fun, but I would assume that with them winning, you know, the, the advantage match for Bindor, that means that the, the, mm-hmm. the baby faces were going to get the win tonight. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So, um, I mean, overall, I mean, it delivered. It, it, yeah, I mean, it, it, it did, did not disappoint. Yeah. For those of us, who, for those of you out there who are saying, you guys are too critical, look. It, like like Justin said, it's easy to f- to see these things after the fact. But uh, I was again entertained by what I saw. It's just I wish yeah. little things could. Uh, we have an old friend of ours that's uh, that, that has a show that he they talk about uh, tightening the screws. That's all. That's all it is. Hopefully they tighten the screws. That's all. What did you guys, What did you guys make of real quick? As we as we as uh, if anybody else has any final super chats they want to get in, please put them in now. Last call. Oh, that's cool, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you drinking? Sex on the beach? No, this <laughs> is uh, no, no. But I made I, this is uh, this is my own cocktail I made up here at home. It's like this passion fruit liquor with orange juice and cranberry juice. It's it's almost as good as Sex on the Beach. Ooh. What did you guys make of uh, Jim Ross? I didn't mention this. Jim Ross was not on commentary the entire night. It was Excalibur, mm-hmm. Tony Schiavone, and Taz. They advertised the entire night that, that Jim Ross would join for the main event. Uh, J- Jimmy, what's this? What do you think this is about? Is this is this Jr. starting to scale back his duties? Now, um, I, I think there's something to that because I saw Jr. talk about how traveling is starting to become a bit of an issue for him with the the you know the issues with his feet and the swelling and that kind of stuff. So uh, hopefully it is something temporary and it's not something that's that's lasting, but. Uh, it feels like he is scaling back his his yeah. his travel schedule a little bit. It sounded like it anyway. I think if you have a legend like Jr. and and for some reason he needs to scale back a little bit, bringing him out for special matches, a match that's mm-hmm. important, a big deal, just makes it feel that that much more important. At Forbidden Door, they did a little bit of switching of the commentary team, and I actually yeah. really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it again yeah. tonight. I felt Jr. coming out made Blood and Guts feel like a bigger deal. So if he has to scale back, having, having commentate the matches that, that are really important. Uh, well, yes. I mean, it makes the match seem a bigger deal and maybe it helps train the audience to that. Okay. Jim Ross is not going to be there from start to finish of the show. So right. if he does start to miss some dynamites, you don't panic as much, mm-hmm. but to the point of travel, he still had to travel to get there. So it's not like they took a travel right. day away from him. It's right. just all he did. He, right. all, all it means is he traveled to, to work, one hour you know what to jimmy's point that he made earlier about tightening the screws sometimes i feel like you know you give aw a lot of constructive criticism i tend to forget that they're only a three-year-old company in one entire year they had to do it with no crowd which is like the most important 
aspect mm. of things. Like they had to do it during a pandemic. So technically speaking, they have two years of experience of being on the road. Sometimes I forget it's their first time at certain cities, which I love because the crowd just feels so much different, so much hotter when they're like first time. You can feel that in Detroit tonight. They were mm. they were hyped for it. But yeah, a lot of times I understand that's that's what we do here, right? But at the same time, AW is still it's it's still a toddler, you know? It's mm. just it's it learned how to walk. At least we made it past the terrible twos. <laughs> but you know. <laughs> and by the way, I, I love and they, they did this the uh the night after um the the was it was the double was what was the one in Vegas in May? Double or nothing? Nope. The one so like that's kind of like the re that, that seems like that's kind of like the reset right that's like their yeah. and i love they did it they did it with the dynamite set there they did it again tonight i love when they get these big arenas mm-hmm. when they have fans that are above the entranceway and all the way around the whole bowl that's also good for their business that means that they're mm-hmm. selling tickets i love the video screen extending and being behind the tunnels the visual of it all it looks really good i'm i'm a i'm a i'm a here's a here's a Fun fact for those of you that are still with us here at uh, eleven thirty-four on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love—I'm I'm a nerd and sucker for sets and production designs. When I was a kid, full disclosure, I was a kid. I had all the Hasbro wrestling—you know, early, in the mid '90s, early mid '90s. I had all the wrestlers. I would stack Clue and Sorry and Monopoly and all the board games. That was my stage. I would take black shirts and put them inside out. That was my curtains. I would take Fisher-Price lights that had different color gels to make the colors. I had the the, the WWE CDs they were putting out with the entrance music. You know, I would take, you know, pencils and make that the guardrails to line line the guardrail highway. I, I used to love to build models of arenas and, and reenact sets. And so I'm still to this day a sucker um, the, 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 uh, Jimmy, you and I never worked together at the time, but the few times I got to be behind the scenes with WWE production, I would, I would bug Steve Rubin all damn day, yeah. just on like little particulars of why, because I just I, mm-hmm. I love that stuff, and so I love AEW the way that tonight looked. It felt like a big, big show. It looked like visually. the uh, Grand yeah. Slam set. I I went to Grand Slam last year, and that was a very similar set to what they had. <laughs> It's actually fun when they do the bigger arena because you do have those fans back there, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And I have videos of CM Punk. I think there was a couple of the wrestlers that stood there and started like saying hi to us because we could see them coming in and out, you know, mm-hmm. of position. It, it's, it's, a, it's a great set. And yeah, I, I like to see a different look. This set was beautiful tonight. No, it was. It was It was a very good look. And it, and, it, and when you show that many fans in the crowd, and, and as we've talked about all night long, if people tune in to see what's going on and they see that many people there, oh, this is a big deal. Something is going on here. Oh, look at that set. That looks awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. Perception is reality. If it looks big time, people feel it is big time. And yeah. props to AEW production for having two cameras inside, two cameramen inside of the cage. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. Cage matches, especially the steel, the the, the chain yeah. link fence. You know, there's one thing when WWE did the blue bars, mm-hmm. blue cage. Chain link fence are visually a hard thing to. Yeah. Thank, thankfully, they have the camera people inside the cage. Mm-hmm. That helps too, and it, it yeah. looked good. So I mean, you know, we I know we critiqued earlier seeing guys lay around and blah blah blah, but. I think overall, AEW really tried to bring the best for this. And so. Did you guys see Ty Conti trying to pass that bottle of rubbing alcohol? And through the, the through the, the, Jimmy, real quick. When I saw that happening, I I, I I I was trying to take notes and I'm watching. So I would, Jimmy, I wanted to text you really fast and I wanted <laughs> to take a picture of my TV and say, 10 pounds of rubbing alcohol to a five <laughs> pound chain link. Yeah. There you go. There you go. But you know what? I, and in, in, in one way, I loved it because it, you know, it, 
It doesn't look contrived. It was real. Right. It was yeah, real. it felt like a very real moment where she was just exactly. desperate to help and she couldn't do anything but try that. Exactly. You know? So it, it, it actually worked yeah. in a weird kind of way. The struggle was real. Yeah, it was. <laughs> the struggle was real. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's that's our show tonight. Again, make sure, please tweet all of us. Let us know where where in the world you are, Carmen San Diego, mm -hmm. for this podcast and how you are listening. Uh, thanks for all the chat and everybody um uh, let's, let's do some let's do some quick shameless plugs jimmy mm -hmm. plug it away all right uh obviously you can catch me here on wednesdays and mondays talking aew dynamite on wednesdays and and post raw and uh, the occasional pop in other times but every day you can catch me on my ref and rants on all my social media platforms on twitter instagram on facebook or you can go to prowrestlingtees.com and get your own ref and rant shirt they also have well i think christian now has surpassed surpassed me as the canadian heat magnet but uh yeah you can get one of those shirts as well but uh again tune in here having a lot of fun isa good night <laughs> to you from kevin good night kevin and uh uh big shout out to tina she's in the chat i know she has uh surgery tomorrow so i just want to wish all the all the send all the Good wishes to Tina. It's got, everything's going to be okay. You're being my thoughts. Uh, you guys can find me on YouTube. Just search NYC Demon Diva. I've been doing a lot of watch-alongs, and they have been a lot of fun. Um, also, I'm here Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I'm slowly taking over Wrestling Inc., basically. And I think I'm here on Saturday as well. I think it's with you, Justin, right? Are you here Saturday? I am here Saturday. Money in the bank. Okay, look at that. We get to do it twice in a week. How lucky. <laughs> What a quote. Uh, I'll be back Saturday with her doing it twice in a week. Uh, follow me at Justin Lamar. I'll be back Friday before that on Busted Open. Myself, Dave LeGrec, and Mark Henry. Give a Money in the Bank predictions. So I'll give my predictions Saturday. or give my predictions Friday at 1030 on Sirius XM Channel 156. And then Issa gets to interrogate me 24 hours later. 36 hours later. Saturday night to see how, how, how good I was. So Friday morning, Busted Open, Sirius XM. Uh, Money in the Bank predictions on the Saturday night follow up as we will be post Money in the Bank here on Wrestling Inc. So a lock on, then I'll be back. I think Monday for I think Monday Fourth of July I'll be back and Jimmy will be back and we'll be talking mm -hmm. raw. So yeah, that's a lot because for us Canada Day is July first, so I'll be fine. You're already <laughs> you're already going to be uh, through all that celebration. Yeah. Uh, again, thanks everybody. Appreciate Manscaped as always. Shave your balls. Uh, use different clippers <laughs> on your balls and your face. Uh, follow her. Follow him. Yes. Be nice to everybody. Be kind. Be safe. We'll see you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.